March 11th. 311-311? In some places, you can dial that number to get information, a valuable commodity in a complex world. On this 70th day of 2022, and in this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, you can find out a lot of odds and ends about what's happening. How many of each? Stick around and find out. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, Charlottesville City Council will get an update on efforts to create a long-awaited climate action plan to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The city will use funding from a carbon cap-and-trade program to prepare for future flooding. Charlottesville Area Transit wants your input on the next generation of bus shelters. The city is close to hiring a new communications director and is seeking college students to apply for internships, as well as a brief update on the pandemic. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, the Charlottesville Business Innovation Council wants you to know that after two years, they are holding their Charlottesville Entrepreneurs and Espresso event in person on the morning of Tuesday, March 15th at the Code Building. What is Charlottesville Entrepreneurs and Espresso, or CE2? It's a casual, caffeine-fueled gathering of learning at all stages of venture creation. Get inspired, meet fellow entrepreneurs, share lessons learned, and become a part of Charlottesville's vibrant and growing entrepreneurial ecosystem. Visit civilinnovation.org to learn more about this free event or sign up on Eventbrite. Tomorrow marks the two-year anniversary of the declaration of emergency for the COVID-19 pandemic in Virginia. The 7-day percent average for new COVID tests is at 4.7% today, and that's around a level not seen since late last July, when the Delta variant began a surge that has not quite receded until now. Still, the Virginia Department of Health marks another 1,272 new cases today. The agency has also made changes to its COVID dashboard and no longer is listing case counts by locality. That data, as well as deaths reported by date, will continue to be available on Virginia's open data portal. The Blue Ridge Health District does report local case data, and there are 48 new cases today, and the percent positivity is at 4.5% in the district. The Centers for Disease Control now list Albemarle, Charlottesville, and the other Blue Ridge Health District localities as medium risk. Dr. Kosti Safri is the Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the University of Virginia Health System. We were anticipating we would be dropping to a medium level um, when we were looking at the numbers earlier this week. And so those were borne out um, yesterday when CDC updated their, um, their calculations. Dr. Sifri said he would recommend that those with underlying conditions or who are immunocompromised to remain masked indoors, as well as to make sure that their mask offers enough protection. Dr. Sifri said there is a lot of immunity in the community through both vaccination and infections, but he said there is still opportunity for another variant to occur in the future. When will be determined on a number of variables. And I think clearly for a lot of people um, that it's, you know, after two years of, of, of living through this pandemic, they, they're at a point, have um, been vaccinated, have um, um, taken precautions, and, but now have sort of um, come to a point that um, 
it's an, it's an understanding that um, there will be some level of circulation likely going forward um, um, for the foreseeable future. And, and, and we could anticipate that this may become a another seasonal virus. As we hit the two-year mark, there have been 19,212 COVID deaths in Virginia and 431 in the Blue Ridge Health District. It's also been two years since I launched a podcast to cover the response. Go back and listen if you'd like to revisit any of that recent past. And of course, the Charlottesville Quarantine Report became this podcast eventually. Thank you to all who have supported On The Way. And I'd be curious to know what you have to say about two years of the pandemic. Nearly all functions of government in most Virginia localities can be derived from their comprehensive plan, which lays out the broad steps to turn a community's vision into action. The new comprehensive plan adopted by council in November calls upon the city to create a specific plan to demonstrate how Charlottesville will meet specific reductions in greenhouse gas emissions. The nonprofit Community Climate Collaborative wants city council to spend more money to get a plan in place as soon as possible. Executive Director Susan Cruz posted a blog entry on March 3rd saying Charlottesville has fallen behind on its efforts. This July will mark three years since Charlottesville set its sights on climate leadership. Three years and we still have no climate action plan. The city hasn't assessed its actual greenhouse gas emissions in four years, and the window to reduce emissions to prevent catastrophic impacts is rapidly closing. On Monday, Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders acknowledged the city has not been able to move swiftly to create a plan. I just want to be upfront with uh, everyone and acknowledge that we know there's work to be done there. Sanders said there will be a council work session on April 18th, and staff in the city's sustainability division will present what they have been working on since council adopted reduction targets on July 1st, 2019. That resolution stated that the city would work towards a community-wide greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 target from its 2011 inventory year, as well as for the community to be carbon neutral by 2050. At the time of the July 1st, 2019 resolution, then-City Manager Teron Richardson was less than two months on the job, and two other people have held that position since. Sanders has only worked for the city since last July. There have been significant impacts from COVID pandemic and organizational staffing changes that have prevented them from even moving as they would have originally planned. Our goal would be to try to get back on track, so this will be a moment to just kind of reboot that effort. Sanders said groups such as the Community Climate Collaborative will be involved in that work. After Sanders gave council an update, Cruz read from her prepared letter during the city's general public comment period. She acknowledged the April 18th work session, but pushed for a deadline to complete a climate action plan. If current resources are not enough to complete the plan, it's time for council to bring in some outside help. Last November, City Council adopted an update of the Comprehensive Plan, a document for which state code requires periodic revision. Review of this plan took nearly five years, and its completion required the city to pay a consultant over a million dollars. But what's in that plan, and how much of it relates to climate? Well, one of the guiding principles in the plan is under the heading Environmental Stewardship and Sustainability. You can find this on page 22. Here's what it says. The city government will reduce its carbon footprint and other environmental impacts 
The Charlottesville community will be empowered and encouraged to reduce their environmental footprint and benefit from energy efficiency efforts. The various chapters of the comprehensive plan are embedded with many directives, strategies, and goals. For instance, Strategy 3.4 of the Land Use Chapter, you can find that on page 38, is to encourage sustainable energy-efficient building designs and low-impact development as complementary goals to historic preservation, including through support for adaptation, reuse, and repurposing of the built environment. Goal 4 of the Housing Chapter has four strategies with steps towards addressing energy efficiency in new and existing housing. That's on page 50. The Transportation Chapter, which begins on page 55, seeks to expand alternatives to driving and encourages the adoption and support of new and emerging transportation technologies. And this specifically says that doing this throughout the city will contribute towards the city's climate goals and improving public health, by reducing vehicle-related emissions. There is an entire chapter with the title Environment, Climate, and Food Equity, beginning on page 65, that repeats the July 1, 2019 greenhouse gas emissions goal, of which the first goal is dedicated to reaching the reduction targets with eight strategies. The first listed is to create the Climate Action Plan. The environmental chapter also includes directives to prevent further degradation of the tree canopy, continue work in the city's water resources protection program, and to encourage use of sustainable materials. The community facilities and services chapter, beginning on page 79, covers community infrastructure, and strategy 2.4 calls for the city to employ innovative technology and green building practices for all eligible capital construction and renovation projects, and Strategy 4.10 to participate in and complete climate hazard risk assessment activities to follow finalization of the Climate Action Plan. Goal 1 of the Community Engagement and Collaboration Chapter is to empower community members by providing and actively sharing the information they need to participate in a meaningful way. Albemarle County adopted a climate action plan in October of 2020 that has much more specific details about how they will get there. It is likely that the city will also have such a plan in place, but we'll hear more at that work session on April 18th. Make sure that you're reading the Week Ahead newsletter each Sunday to know what's coming up and follow along with stories of climate change and climate action at the Information Charlottesville Archive. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, Livable Seaville wants you to know about an online presentation coming up on Wednesday, March 16th. Can zoning create a more affordable Charlottesville? That's the question to be explored by Dr. Jenny Schutz of the Brookings Institute. She's the author of Fixer Upper, How to Repair America's Broken Housing Systems. The event is free, but you'll have to register at Eventbrite. Few more segments to go today. A changing climate has meant the possibility of more flooding across the Commonwealth, and Virginia's participation in the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative, or REGI, has meant more funding to help with preparation. Charlottesville is currently seeking an engineering firm to update models from 2008 for how stormwater flows in the Moores Creek watershed. 
Back then, the city partnered with the United States Army Corps of Engineers to produce that model, as well as ones for the portions of the city in the Rivanna and Meadow Creek watersheds. Now, Charlottesville will use $153,000 from the Virginia Community Flood Preparedness Grant Program to further study the Moores Creek watershed, which makes up a third of the city's land along the southern border with Albemarle. According to Andrea Henry, the program administrator for the city's Water Resources Protection Program, this will be a critical tool for project implementation and planning efforts. She also said that this will be the first in a series of models to further develop stormwater management and flood resiliency plans for the city. The more detailed information will help determine best locations for stormwater pipe upgrades and to develop flood inundation maps for the various tributaries of Moores Creek. That includes Lodge Creek, Rock Creek, Pollock's Branch, and Quarry Creek. Goal 10 of the Community Facilities Chapter of the Comprehensive Plan relates to stormwater conveyance infrastructure, with Strategy 10.3 related to modernization efforts. Virginia joined the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative in the summer of 2020, which means that companies that generate electricity through fossil fuels must pay to exceed caps on the amounts of carbon dioxide produced. In Virginia, more than half of the proceeds are currently going to pay for flood preparedness programs. Governor Glenn Youngkin signed an executive order soon after being inaugurated in January to withdraw Virginia from Reggie. But legislative approval is needed, and so far, efforts to withdraw have been blocked by the Virginia Senate, where Democrats have a 21-19 lead. So far, Virginia has received $227.6 million in proceeds from four auctions, including $85.6 million in December. Now, that comprehensive plan chapter did have comments about the Charlottesville area transit system. It is the area's primary fixed route transit service, and they are seeking your input into how their future bus shelters will look. Here's a section from the announcement from a public survey that's seeking input on three designs. Charlottesville Area Transit seeks to develop a bus shelter design that will serve as a unique and universal identifier of transit in the greater Charlottesville area. All three of those designs came out of a charrette held last August, and Kat's architectural consultant wants more comments in order to come up with one single concept. Another round of presentations will be held when that is ready for public review. Finally today, do you know someone younger in college who could use an opportunity to gain some real-world experience? The city of Charlottesville is accepting applications from college students to work as paid interns all across the municipal government. Here's a section from the press release for the opportunity. This is developmental work designed to provide university students and recent graduates with meaningful entry-level professional work. The assignments require application of university-level knowledge, typically gained in profession-specific curriculum typically found in local government. The release goes on to state that interns will be closely supervised and will work on a specific project during their temporary employment. Departments seeking interns include the city manager's office, the Office of Communications, Neighborhood Development Services, and the Police Civilian Oversight Board. Applicants need to have completed 60 hours of coursework and to have a grade point average of at least 2.0. There's a link into the newsletter on how you can apply. 
Speaking of jobs, the city still has several top vacancies that are still being filled. Deputy City Manager Ashley Marshall gave City Council an update on Monday, March 7th. The city is making great progress on some key hires. Interviews are underway for our Director of Communications and Public Engagement. And yes, that title does sound a little different because we are going to emphasize public engagements. That matches the same job title as the equivalent job in Albemarle County. Marshall said the city is also reviewing resumes for the Director of Human Services and the Director of Information Technology. The position of Human Resources Director is still being advertised. We expect to move forward to interview phases on all three of those last director positions shortly. And that is it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, which is not exactly what I thought I would be producing today, but it's what I ended up with. This is another episode which seeks to bring you as much information as I can. There may or may not be another one coming out tomorrow. There definitely will be a week ahead coming out on Sunday, which will give you all kinds of information about how you can get involved as all of these moving pieces come together. And of course, the goal of Charlottesville Community Engagement is to make sure the transparency that people ask for is actually there and to be able to put together a context for how we got here wherever here is at any given moment. There's a lot of information out there and I'm hoping to bring as much of it to you as possible. Thank you so much to the supporters of this program who help get me this stuff going all the time by providing the fuel. Uh, You can become one of them by subscribing through Substack. Thank you to the four people who did that yesterday. Uh, That really does help me, and it also gets me additional support from the company Ting. Ting will match your initial contribution, which is fantastic, because, of course, it just shows that there's a lot of folks who would really like to have this information available. And, of course, I am hoping in the future I can get my own interns that I can pay to help me, because if that was to happen, there would be a lot more information, and I'm working on that. You can also go to the archive at infoseville.com where you can click on the support the info button. If you have any questions about any of this or how it's all working, please ask. It has been two years since I started doing this work again as an independent journalist. And I do have to say that uh, it has been a lot of work and I really enjoy it. And I thank you so much. Please send it on to somebody else and please do give feedback. The newsletter today contains a slightly different layout uh, because somebody suggested it. And of course, this is a community whatever it is. Um, I'm part of this community and I am here to continue being here for as long as I can. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host, and I am here to say, stay safe out there, stay vigilant, and um, uh, stay informed. Hey, that's a good one. 